go ahead and be seated. Um, gosh, it's good to worship with you. It's good to be back with you. I have missed y'all. God has been doing incredible things across the miles. Um, the Brazil mission team had an incredible experience with God, but I know that each of you have experienced God in powerful ways. Sometimes we just need to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. So I pray that as we worship together today, you truly would be open to, to how God is speaking directly to you. Because when and if we are open, we receive. It's not a, oh, maybe he'll, maybe God will show up. God is here. God is ready to reveal things to us. It's just a matter of our opening ourselves up to Him. Wow. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, where do I begin? We're going to talk about the harvest today. So I'm, I'm going to, to talk through several portions of Scripture with you. Um, I'm just... I'll just say it, I'm just being obedient to how the Holy Spirit led. So if you would, please turn to Galatians 6. <clears throat> we'll start there. Galatians 6, starting with the 7th verse. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please from the Spirit, whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, I want to share with you that same passage. Listen, it's not on the screen, but I want to read you from the, the message. Because sometimes the familiarity of Scripture helps us turn off. So I don't want you to turn off today. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, they will harvest. The person who plants selfishness Ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every chance that we get, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Hmm. Then I want to go to Galatians 5. Just turn back a, a chapter. <clears throat> Galatians 5.22, most of you know this as the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, I forgot one, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what Galatians 5.22 is. But I want to again read from the message so you hear it maybe a little bit differently. Because God's got a word for us today. <laughs> what happens when we live God's way? If we go back to what I just read, God's way would be hearing from the Spirit of God so we can please the Spirit of God by being a vessel for the Spirit of God to work. Does that make sense to you? That's God's way. Okay. God brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruits appear in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life. I just have to repeat that. Not needing to force our way in life. Able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. It's crucified. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. This, this is powerful stuff. Living God's way. This is how we're called to, to live. To be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. And to be a vessel, a conduit, whatever you want to call it, a channel through which the Holy Spirit works. We cannot produce those fruits of the Spirit, those good harvest summer crops on our own. And I'm calling this summer crops because sometimes we just kind of check out during the summer. It's great to have a, an easier, more flexible schedule. It's great to go and do things. But often we also check out in our relationship with Christ. I hope that's not true for you. I know that's a generalization. But we are being called, if anything, to step it up as we are intentionally in relationship with Christ. One more scripture that I need you to remember is Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. Some of you know this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the what? Some of you know it. The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, good and pleasing and perfect. Now, we immediately go to the transforming of our mind. We think, I believe, legalistically, we think of, okay, I've got to learn how to analyze, I've got to read more scripture, I've got to memorize scripture, I've got to be able to debate scripture, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. And I want to propose something very counterintuitive to you today. I don't believe that's at all what Paul was telling the people in Rome. It really happens when we move from that head analysis to the heart. 
It happens when we live by the power of the Spirit, when we listen to God, when we do certain things in our living that help us to develop that relationship with Christ. So as I said, I believe it's very counterintuitive. It's certainly different than society um, professes. But it's this kind of stuff. Not trying to figure it out. Hmm. Easier said than done, right? Moving in faith and in trust. Listening to the Holy Spirit and discerning God's will for our lives. I believe this is God's way from spirit to spirit. And when we are open to that kind of movement, it is an open flow. So today I've got just several tips for you in how we start to develop that. The first one is this. And these are going to be very basic. It's not going to be like, oh wow, Joanne came up with something that's never been preached before. <laughs> these, are, these are the basics. The foundation of who we are as Jesus followers. But I believe that we often just get completely off track. The first one is this. Soak in God's word. Now I want to say soak because that takes us away from the head and goes to the heart. Often we think, oh gosh, I haven't read, haven't studied scripture in so long. I've got to, you know, I've got to read more. I've got to do at least three chapters in the book of Numbers today so I can, you know, get this together. And it's not about that at all. It's about digging in. And you've heard me say this before. Take a portion of scripture. Read it several times and let it just settle in the depth of your being and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you. But you need to learn from it. This is, this is, it takes a spiritual discipline to let, let yourself soak in the Word of God. And I use soak because I've been talking recently for a lot of people that have told me that the shower is the best place for them to pray and to have time with God. And it makes sense to me. It's the living water of God. If they get out of just being the physical thing that we do so we don't stink, it's like, <laughs> then it's the living water of God is truly washing over us. And it can be a very powerful time of prayer. So, what I suggest, if that sounds good to you, then read a portion of scripture before you get in the shower. And find a couple words that are just popping out at you. And keep praying those words. Let the word of God soak into your very being. Jesus said in John 8, 31, John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, that means hold fast to the teaching of Jesus Christ, then you are truly my disciples. And he says also, then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I'm all about going from the head to the heart. You can't be one or the other. It needs to be a combination of both. But the Spirit dwells in the depth of our being. We have to open up to soaking in God's Word. Secondly, it's all about praise and worship. We have to be uh, open to not just corporate worship here on Sunday morning, 
But I believe that's how we plug in to get recharged, to be powered up throughout the week. How are you praising and worshiping? Are you playing that good music? Are you singing? Are you, you know, are you raising your hands in the privacy of your own home? Are you humbling yourself and in, in, in praying on your knees in the privacy of your own home? We are called to praise and worship. We were created for relationship. God longs for us to spend time with Him. How are you getting your praise on during the week? Thirdly, we need to focus on what God wants for us. An intimate, personal relationship with Christ. Now this happens in a few ways. The, the first requirement is that you spend time alone with God. Where you put your phone away, where you put every distraction away. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that's in the shower or that's when I lock the door of the bathroom. Well, then go there. Spend time alone with God. And I would give this suggestion, just bear your soul. Just talk to Him. Tell Him what's going on in your life. What's going well, but also the challenges, the, the pain, the hurts, the doubts, the fears, just kind of spew. Because God wants to. God knows it, but He wants us to voice that. And then, listen. Listen to how God is, is allowing the Holy Spirit to speak truth to you. To reveal some things to you. This is, this is key. Jesus is working for good in your life. Jesus is working for good in my life. And I believe that sometimes, I know I do, I get so caught up in the details of a day that I forget about the good that's going on. So we have to spend time, make time to develop the intimate relationship that we were created to be a part of. Next, I want to call you to a time of repentance. And I believe this needs to be each and every day. I have been reminded that the glory of God, that overwhelming presence of God, just isn't available to us if we have unconfessed sin. I believe it's important that we spend time each day just saying, Hey God, I messed up again. I am a sinner. Forgive me. And you know that that's all we have to do. We just have to say, forgive me. And He lavishes His love and forgiveness upon us. Confess your sins. Just flatly say, I'm a sinner. I wouldn't be here without your love. Without your grace. That unearned gift. That unearned favor, God, that you give me. I wouldn't be here without your mercy. Mercy means that we don't get what we deserve. Hallelujah, thanks be to God. So just as part of your time alone, just say a quick word of confession and allow the Holy Spirit to bring up stuff to convict you, to convict me of the things that have become so commonplace that we don't even think about or we don't even consider sinful anymore. 
Next, we need to move forward in intentionality. I've told you this before, but we need to have a time and a place where we have our time alone with God. Now, you know, I like to think that we can have an ongoing dialogue throughout the day. That's a given. But there needs to be a time and a place where you say, everything else stops, God. You are my priority. I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes. I want to be in your presence. I want to, I want to, to talk with you and I want to hear from you. You know, a couple of weeks ago, a dear sister was praying for me, and, and it, it was just a beautiful prayer. She prayed uh, a prayer over David and my marriage. And her prayer was something to this effect. Help them, God, to have white space on the calendar for each other. That really spoke to me. I visioned, I, I, I imaged that calendar on my phone and the white space where I could prioritize my time with my husband. Well, gee whiz, the church is the bride of Christ, and we're supposed to be prioritizing time with Jesus. So if you can't find a time and a place, then put it in your calendar and let your cell phone alarm go off. I am serious. I pray that you and I can find that time that there will be some white space on our calendar that is strictly devoted to our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And finally, I want to encourage you to take a step in faith. We heard a lot in the last couple of weeks the teachings of fake it till you make it. I never really liked that. But there are some times when we can't drum up our own self-worth that we think we are completely unworthy to be in the presence of God. But God calls us to meet with Him anyway. That's where you take a leap of faith. You take a step of faith and say, Okay, God, You are the God of the universe. I can't, I can't fathom how You would love somebody like me. But I'm going to do my best in this moment. To receive the love that you have for me. To receive the fact that you say I'm worthy even when I don't believe I'm worthy. To say that I'm forgiven even though I don't, I just can't figure out how you can forgive a sinner like me. I'm going to take a step of faith to believe that Jesus died for me so that I might live. I'm going to take a step of faith to believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and active and can work in and through. Do you hear it? How we have to just, just one step. Take a step of faith and be bold. Gosh, Scripture says to approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness. That's a God-given boldness. Take a step. Take a step of faith and believe that the Holy Spirit is personal. That the Holy Spirit is a power source that God gives you. An advocate, somebody who will speak on your behalf when nobody else will. A comforter. The Holy Spirit knows when you are broken. Knows when you are downhearted. 
Take a step and believe it. Believe it. And faith. You know, the summer crops are plentiful. There are many fruits to be harvested. But it starts with this basic, this simple foundation of our faith. It's my prayer that you and I throughout this summer can dig our roots down deep. That we can do the things that we are called to do God's way. To allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us and that we respond and move according to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. God, you are such a compassionate Father. You lavish such good things on us. But sometimes, God, we do get stuck in our head, trying to figure things out, trying to be in control, trying to maintain a facade so that everybody thinks that we've got it together. And God, I pray that, that you would just give us the courage to, to be ourselves, to be vulnerable. To be transparent. Your word calls us to, to start with our community of faith. So I pray right now, God, for our church. That you would allow us to minister to and for and with one another. We pray your blessings upon our church. We pray your healing upon this church. We pray, God, that you would do a mighty work so that we might be an amazing source of your spirit in this place, in this community, in this world. We ask, oh God, that you forgive us for the many ways that uh, we have messed up. We ask, God, that you forgive us of the ways uh, that we have sinned against you. That we have made a choice. And for the ways that we have done things that you didn't want us to do. And also for the ways that we didn't do things that you had asked us to do. God, forgive us, we pray. And free us. Free us to live a life that you're calling us to. A life of, of joy. Even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of sorrow, we pray, oh God, for the abundant life. Show us, show us. In the name of Jesus.